Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells Chapter 10 In the Storm Leatherhead is about 12 miles from Maybury Hill. The scent of hay was in the air through the lush meadows beyond Perifold, and the hedges on the other side were sweet and gay with multitudes of dog roses. Heavy firing had broken out while we were driving down. Baby Hill ceased as abruptly as it began, leaving the evening very peaceful and still. We got to Leatherhead without misadventure. About nine o'clock, the horse had an hour's rest while I took supper with my cousins and commended my wife to their care. My wife was curiously silent throughout the drive and seemed oppressed with forebodings of evil. I talked to her reassuringly, pointing out that the Martians were, were tied to the pit by sheer heaviness. They almost couldn't but crawl a little out of it, but she answered only in monosyllables. Had it not been for my promise to the innkeeper, she would, I think, have urged me to stay in the bed that night. Would that I had. Her face, I remember, was very white as we parted. For my own part, I had been feverishly excited all day. Something very like the war fever occasionally runs through a civilised community had got into my blood, in my heart. I was not so very sorry I had returned to Maybury that night. I was even afraid that last fortitude I heard might mean the extermination of our raiders from Mars. I can best express my state of mind by saying that I wanted to be in at the death. It was nearly eleven when I started to return. The night was unexpectedly dark to me. Walking out a lighted passage my cousin's house, it seemed indeed dark, indeed black. It was uh, hot and close as the day. Overhead the clouds were driving fast. I bet not a breath stirred the shrubs about us. My cousin's man lit both lamps. Happily, I knew the road impotently. My wife stood in the light of the doorway and watched me until I jumped up into the dog cart. Then abruptly she turned and went in, leaving my cousins side by side, wishing me good help. I was a little depressed at first with the congregation, my wife's fears, 
but very soon my thoughts reverted to the Martians. At that time, I was absolutely in the dark as to the course of the evening's fighting. I did not know even the circumstances that precipitated the conflict. So I came through Oak Cam, but that was the way I returned, and not through scent and old working. I saw only the western horizon, blood-red glow, which, as I drew nearer, crept slowly up the sky. The driving clouds of the gathering thunderstorm mingled there with masses of black and red smoke. Ripley Street was deserted except for a lighted window, or so the village showed, not a sign of life, but I narrowly escaped an accident at the corner of the road at Pyford, where not the people stood with their backs to me. They said nothing to me as I passed. I do not know what they knew of the things happening beyond the hill, nor did I know if the silent houses had passed on my way, sleeping securely, deserted and empty, harassed and watching against the terror of the night. From Ripley until I came upon through Pyrefield, I was in the valley of Way, the red glare that hidden, was hidden from me. I ascended a little hill beyond Pyrefield, church the glare came into view again. Trees about me shivered with the first imitation of the storm that was upon me. I heard midnight peeling out from Pyrefield church behind me. Then came the silhouette of Maybury Hill, with its wet treetops and roofs black and sharp against the red. Even as I beheld its lurid green glare, lit the road about me and showed the distant woods towards Anderstone, I felt a tug at the reins. I saw the driving clouds had been pierced as it were by a thread of green fire, suddenly lightning, their confusion and falling into the field to my left. It was the third falling start. Star. Close on its, appar- on its apparition, a blinding violet, violet, by contrast, danced out the first lightning, the gathered storm, and a thunder burst like a rocket overhead. The holes took the bit between his teeth and bolted. A moderate incline runs towards the foot of Maybury Hill, but down this we clattered. Once the lightning had begun, it went on as if rapid succession flashes, as I have ever seen the thunderclaps threading one on the heels of another, then a strange crackling and compliment sounded more like the working of a gigantic electrical machine than the usual detoning reverberations. The flickering light was blinding and confusing. A thin hull hell of smot ghastly at my face as I drove down the slope. At first I regarded little but the road before me, then abruptly my attention was arrested by something moving rapidly down the opposite slope of Maybury Hill. First I took it for the wet roof of the house, and one flash following another showed it to be a swift rolling movement. It was a close, exclusive vision, a moment of bewildering darkness. Then in a flash like daylight, the red masses of the orphanage, near the crest of the hill, the green tops of the pine trees, this problematical object came out clear and sharp and bright. This thing I saw, how can I describe it? A monstrous tripod, higher than many houses, striding over the young pine trees, 
smashing him aside its career. A walking machine of glittering metal, driving nail across the heather, articulate ropes of steel dangling from it. And clattering tumult, his passage mingling with the right of the thunder, a flash came out vividly, healing over one way, there been two feet in the air, to vanish reappear almost instantly, as it seemed in the next flash, hundred yards nearer. Can you imagine a milking stool tilted above violently along the ground? That was the impression those instant flashes gave. Instead of milking stall, imagining a great body machinery, a tripod stand. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And suddenly the trees and the pinewood ahead of me were parted. The brittle reeds were are parted by men thrashing through them. It was snapped off and driven headlong. A second huge tripod appeared, rustling as it seemed headlong towards me. I was galloping hard to meet it. A sight of the second monster, my nerve went altogether, not stopping to look around. I look again. I wrenched the horse's head hard around to the right. Another moment, the dog cart had heeled over the horse. The shaft smashed noiselessly. I was flung sideways and fell heavily into a shallow pool of water. I called out almost immediately and crouched my feet still in the water under a clump of fusy. The horse lay motionless. His neck was broken, poor brute. By the lightning flashes, I saw the black bulk of the overturned dog cart, silhouette of the wheels still spinning off slowly. Never a moment of colossal mechanism went striding by me and passed uphill towards Pyford. Seeing nearer, the thing was incredibly strange, for it was no mere incident. Machine driving on its way. Machine. It was with a ring mechanic pace and long, flexible, glittering tentacles. One which gripped a young pine tree, swinging and rattling about its strange body. It picked its road as it went striding along. A blazing hood that surmounted it smoothed to and fro, with evidence suggesting a head looking about. Behind the main body was a huge mass white metal like a gigantic fishman's basket, plus a green smoke squirted out from the joints of the limbs as the monsters went by me, and in an instant it was gone. So much I saw them, all vaguely for the flickering of the lightning, the blinding highlights and the dense black smoke shadows. As I passed, it set up an exultant, deafening howl, and drowned, I drowned the thunder, Alua, Alua. In another minute, it was, his, it was his companion, half a mile away, stooping over something in the field. I have no doubt this thing in the field was third of ten cylinders, and fired at us from Mars. For some minutes I lay there in the rain and darkness, watching by intimate light, 
these monstrous beings of metal moving about the distance over the hill hedge tops. Thin hell was now beginning. As it came, went those, their figures grew misty, then flashed into clearness again. Now and then came a gap in the lightning, and night swallowed them up. A soaked with hell above, a puddle of water below. It was some time before my blank astonishment would let me struggle up the bank to dry a position, or to think at all of my intimate peril. No further for me was the little round squatter's hut, a wood surrounded by a patch of potato garden. I struggled to my feet at last, and crouching, making use of every chance of cover, made a run for this. I hammered at the door, but I could not make the person, people here, if there were any people inside. After a time I desisted, availing myself of the ditch of the greater part of the way, succeeding calling, observed by these monstrous machines in the pine wood towards Maybury. And to cover this, I pushed on, wet and shivering now, towards my own house. I walked among the trees, trying to find the footpath. It was very dark indeed in the wood, for the lightning was now becoming frequent. The hail which was pouring down in torrent fall, in columns through the gaps in heavy foliage. If I had fully realised the meaning of all the work things I had seen, I should have, have immediately worked my way round through Byfleet to Street Cobham to go back to rejoin my wife, a lab ahead. But at night, the strangest of things about me, her physical richness, prevented me, for I was bruised, weary, wet to the skin, deafened and blinded, blinded by the storm. I had a vague idea of going on to my own house that was much uh, that was much motive as I had. I staggered through the trees, fell into a ditch, bruised my knees against a plank, finally squashed into the lane, ran down from the college, ran down from the college arms. I lay, say, splashed. The storm water was sweeping the sand down the hill in muddy torrent. Then in darkness a man blundered into me, set me reeling back. Gave a cry of terror, sprang sideways and rushed on before could get my wits significantly to speak to him. So heavy was the distress of the storm. Just as the place had the hardest task to win my way up the hill, I went close up to the fence on the left and worked my way along its palings. Near the top I stumbled upon something soft by a flash of lightning, saw between my feet a heap of black broadcloth and a pair of boots. For I could distinguish clearly how the man lay. Flick of light passed, I stood over him, waiting for the next flash. Then I came, when it came, saw that he was a sturdy man, cheaply but not shabbily dressed. His head was bent under his body, he lay crumbled up close to the fence, though he had been flung violently against it. Overcoming the pungence natural to one who never before touched a dead body, I stooped and turned him over. The feel for his heart, he was quite dead. Apparently his neck had been broken. The flashing, the lightning flashed for the third time. His face leaped upon me. I sprang to my feet. The landlord of the spotted dog, whose conveyance I had taken. I stepped over him gingerly, pushed on up the hill, made my way up to the police station, the college arms, to 
towards my own house. Nothing was burning on the hillside, though from the common there still came a red glare, a rolling tumult of ruddy smoke beating up against the drenching hail. So far as I could see by the flashes, houses about me were mostly uninjured, but across his arms a deep, a dark heap lay in the road. Down the road towards Maybury Bridge, there was voices. There were voices, a sound of feet. But I had not the courage to shout or to go to them. I let myself into my la- with my latchkey, closed, locked the bolted and bolted the door. Staggered to the foot of the staircase and sat down. My imagination was full of striding metallic monsters, of the dead body smashed against the fence. I crouched at the foot of the staircase, my back to the wall, shiveringly, violently. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.